Okay, MANA Seminars, Module Chapter Number 8, 8.2, Releasing Your Faith. All right, we're turning, first of all, to one of my favourite scriptures in Romans Chapter 10 and verse 6, 7 and 8. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does it say? The righteousness, we're talking about the righteousness that is by faith. What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. That is the word of faith. We are proclaiming. Where is faith found? Where? In your heart and in your mouth. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe where? In your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. All right? So, that is the greatest miracle that you will ever see in all of your life. That you, a mortal being, can be changed into an immortal being by the power of the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, comes into your life and gives you the gift of eternal life. Hallelujah. We are not talking peanuts here. The gospel is not just random. It is, it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm talking about this on Sunday morning. You know, on this thing of outward focus, that we have the answer to life. His name is Jesus. We are the privileged people. We know where we're heading. And it is imperative that we share this marvellous truth. Yes? Hallelujah. We cannot just keep it to ourselves. So this is the greatest miracle. If, if you can work out how you got saved, I want to tell you that you're going to receive everything else exactly the same way. Yeah? The greatest miracle, you're not going to see anything greater than a sinner like you and me being forgiven and cleansed and gifted with the righteousness of God and made welcome into the presence of a loving God. Hallelujah. Wow. That is, that is amazing that I will live for. I've just been reading a, a, a book uh, that was written by uh, Pastor Brian Tamaki. And he was, you may have seen on the news, he got badly burned in a fire. He uh, put petrol on his rubbish and lit it. But the fumes, between the time he poured the petrol on, a cloud of fumes was carried by the wind. And then when he let the fuse way down here, he was enveloped in this explosion of fire. But when he was on the ambulance, he went into heaven, into paradise. And he begins to describe what he saw. And it's amazing. And I thought, yes, I'm going there one day. <laughs> and, and, and just what happened and, and just the impact on his life and, and just, you know, and, and, he, and he, he heard his, his brother, come on over. 
his brother died last year. He said, come on over, it's just amazing. And he heard some other voices. He couldn't see, and, and he sees the tree of life. And the colours, the green. He says, we don't know what green is. We don't know what these colours are like. We're just, we're just so dirty and muddy and down. And he said, I just wanted to stay. I wanted to stay. He said, and the Lord said, you can come over. You can come over. And he said, I can't. I haven't finished what God's called me to do. And the next day he was back. And he suddenly saw and everything was dull. And everything was ah, amazing. But we have this gift. We're heading for heaven, hallelujah, one day. When we're finished with this life and the old body croaks. <laughs> it's like the little, little girl. She jumps up on her grandfather's lap and she says, Grandpa, she says, can you, can you make a sound like a frog? And he says, sure. She says, why do you ask? Well, mummy says, when you croak, we're all going to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Where's your mother? (laughs) (laughs) We get saved by believing that Jesus is Christ. And we believe that he died and that he rose again. And we believe that in our When we believe that, we're halfway there, but we're not there. You see, we have to also confess Jesus as Lord. That's why the devils don't get saved. They believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. They were there. They know that he is the Son of God. But they're sure not going to confess it. <laughs> but they believe. They know the truth. Eh? And so we need to have heart and mouth. Uh, when you get married, it's not just a matter of believing. Imagine me standing at the altar with Sophia, and the minister says, Will you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? And I'm standing there thinking, What a stupid question. Why do you think I'm dressed like this? <laughs> Why do you think she's dressed like this? So I just sit there, don't ask stupid questions. <laughs> And so he says, will you take this woman to be, well, I believe, I believe I want to marry her. But I tell you what, we're not going any further until I say, yes, I will. I can believe all I like, but until I confess it with my mouth, no legal marriage is ever going to take place, yes? And it's like that with God. Faith is birth that moves the hand of God when my heart believes and my mouth agrees and we say the same thing. Hallelujah. And my confession is the same as what God says about the situation. And so you can believe all your life, but you've got to get the truth into your mouth. Otherwise, you are just, uh, you're not going anywhere. Faith is birth like this. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13 says, We also believe and therefore speak. So there is this heart and mouth. It's not foot and mouth scriptures. It's heart and mouth. Yeah? So there's heart and mouth need to come together. Hallelujah. And that gives birth to faith. 
Um, 2 Corinthians, that, that's the spirit of faith, which we're talking about, 2 Corinthians 4.13. Mark 11, I'll just go there. Jesus is talking about faith. And he says this, Mark 11. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Nevertheless, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Then it talks about forgiving people. And so here it says, you know, what you say. It's no, you know, it's no use praying to the problem. You've got to speak to the problem and say, move over. I'm coming through in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You see, if he says to the mountain... And Jesus was concerned because faith is born in our mouths. We must choose to agree with God and his word. So, here it is. Belief plus confession equals faith. That's what it is. Oh, I need this. So, let's get rid of this. See... See, we can believe, but it's not enough. The devils believe and they tremble, the Bible said. Believe. Where do we believe? In our hearts. It's, it's in here, it's inside of us. Where doubts come? In our hearts, in our minds, yes? Unbelief is there. Plus what? Confession. What we say. <clears throat> equals what? See, you've got to get this. Wow. Faith. Faith is belief plus confession. Forgive me if I tell you this a few times. When the belief in our hearts and the confession of our mouths are in agreement then faith is created. Such faith gives substance to the thing that we're hoping for. Remember last week we said faith is now giving substance to the thing you're hoping for. Every time I believe for healing, every time I confess healing, then that is giving substance to the healing. It is bringing it out of impossibility into the realm of possibility. It is bringing it out of heaven down to earth. It's bringing it out of the fourth Third, fourth dimension down into the third dimension. Hallelujah. You see, this is the faith we are talking about. But we need to hold fast our confession without wavering. Hallelujah. And this is where faith is. For the word of faith to be active, it must be on the lips of the believer. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God and it says, What is the sword of the Spirit? What is the sword of the Spirit? The word of God. Is that what you're sure? Yep. Ephesians 6 and verse 17. Oh, I'm in Hebrews, for goodness sake. Are you sure? Are you sure? Take the helmet of salvation and the what? The sword of the Spirit, which is 
The word of God. Okay. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. What does it say? For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Yes? So there it is again. What about Revelation chapter 1? And verse 16, the vision of Jesus. In his right hand, he held several stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. Where was the double-edged sword? In his mouth. Where is the word of God found to be most powerful in the heart of the sons and daughters of God? When it's in your mouth. You can carry this book around for 80 years. You can have it on your shelf. You can believe it in your heart. But until it gets into your mouth, you are not going to live by faith. You are going to live by sight. See, the, 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 the power of the Christian is in his or her mouth. It is what our confession is. It is what comes out of our mouth because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we can believe. You can believe. You know, many Christians believe, but when you hear them talk, there's no faith whatsoever. Yes? So we need to get this into our mouths. Hallelujah. There is a need to teach our mouth to talk faith. Do you believe that God can do anything? Then why not start talking like it? I need people to look up these scriptures. Someone look up Psalm 16 for 23, please. Who's got that? Proverbs. Proverbs. Thank you. Proverbs. Thanks, Martin. Psalm 1914. Thanks, Soph. Mark 1123. We've, we've done that one. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5, 6. Who can get that? Thanks. Proverbs 6 and 2. Oh, we've got those written there. So we, we, can, we can move through those reasonably. All right. Proverbs 16, 23. Let's see what that says. Martin, how are you going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you getting there? Look at page 923, mate. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> so, Proverbs 16:23. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Read it again. You didn't get it, did you? Let's have it again. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. The heart, where do we believe? No. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. His mouth. What does the next bit say? And adds learning to his lips. And adds learning. In other words, he gets to know the truth and he speaks the truth. The wise man knows how to speak. Yes? Not talk nonsense. Not talk imaginations and arguments that there's building a negative stronghold. Okay, next one. Proverb Psalm 1914. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, my strength and my redeemer. Hallelujah. So this is a heart and mouth scripture. The words of my mouth, may they be together. Yes, they need to be in agreement. Next one. Mark 11, 23. We've got it down there. If he does, Jesus said, if he does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Yes. Okay. God, do you believe God can do anything? God has made us to be mountain movers, but we too easily make ourselves mountain builders. We make mountains out of molehills by our words and our confession. The more you say you can't, the bigger the mountain is that will block you from achieving. When you hear some people talk, you know they're in, they're in trouble. Yes? Now, we're not talking about mind over the matter. We're talking about the word of God over the matter. And we, it's all, you know, <clears throat> there's a time, to, okay, you're in trouble and you need help and that's fine, but you can't live there. You've got to break out and begin to confess the truth of the word of God. Okay, Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 6, and the first part of it says, Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. So we can, we, we, we can cause chaos by our, what we say. <coughs> we can talk ourselves into trouble. We can talk ourselves into a box that we can't get out of. And so we need to be careful what we are saying. So there it is. Now Hebrews 3.1 in the authorised version says this. Uh, we'll go there. Let's go there. In the NIV, it just I'll, it's a little bit different, but I'm going to pick that up. Therefore, therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. The apostle on high priest whom we confess, or of our confession. So Jesus, what does a priest do? Takes confession and presents them to the Father. The priest takes confessions and presents them to the Father, presents them to Jesus, yes? The Greek word translated here, confession, is the Greek word homologia which is made up of two words, homo meaning the same, so we have homo sapiens, human beings, homosexuals, same sex, and so on, and logia meaning the word, the logos, or the word of God. So this word, homologia, means saying the same thing as the word of God says. And Jesus is the high priest when we are saying the same as what this says. When you are saying what this says, your confession will get through to heaven. You imagine. You say, you say, man, I'm in big trouble. All things are blowing apart around me. But hallelujah. I am going to declare on this word of God that all things are working together for good. Today, that is my confession. Now that, that confession of faith gets through to heaven and, is, and, 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 and reaches the throne of God and Jesus is the high priest of your confession. 
And he takes this confession and he says this. He, what, what is what he, he says to the Holy Spirit, is this what you wrote in the book? And the Holy Spirit says, yes it is, Romans 8, 28. Good, I will take this to the Father. And the Father has angels at his disposal who are always watching him and he will dispense the answer either through the Spirit of God or through angelic visitation. But you imagine, you imagine, if, if, if the confession, you have confession saying, oh man, I'm in big trouble, oh God, things are getting bad and they're getting worse, I don't know what I can do, this is an impossible situation. So this confession comes up. And Jesus is the high priest back. Oh, here's Ian confessing and, and praying before me. And he says to the Holy Spirit, is this the truth of the matter? And the Holy Spirit said, oh, I don't think so. And Jesus can't do anything with that. It doesn't go any further. It's not the truth. The truth, can't, untruth or lies or deceit cannot stand in the throne room of God. It just falls to the ground and you are left with you and your situation. So Jesus takes our confession when it, when it lines up with the word of God. Only truth will stand before the throne of God. That is only when we agree, say the same thing, confess truth, with our confession stand. Hebrews 4 and verse 14 says this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess or to the faith we confess. What are we doing with it? Where is our confession? It is in our mouth. Where is the word of God to be? In our mouth. When is it a sharp double-edged? When, when is it creative? When it's in our mouth. When you speak. You see, and I put down the bottom, death and life. That's Proverbs 18.21 there. In the, in, the, in the hemisphere box. Death and life, hallelujah, are where? In the power of the tongue. Wow! Death and life. Boy, this is, this, you know, this is strong. This is not just, hey, well, too bad. I, know, I just talk rubbish a lot of the time. No, no, no. You've got to get rid of that. You've got to be renewed. You, otherwise, you're building those strongholds. You start to imagine the, the worst and not the best. You're imagining the ugly and not the beautiful. You, 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 you're seeing what can't, what, 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 what can't happen. And all the time, God says, yes, it can happen. You know, the old spies that, that um, Pastor Ruth talked about on Sunday. They said, oh man, the giants, we, can't, we can never make it. And they cried all night. By the time they had the report and the report went out through the people, they said, ah, we were better to stay in Egypt. You know. And, and, and God turned up in the end and says, you will have whatever you say. You say you wish you'd died. Amen. So let it be. If that's what you think about me, if that's what you think I can't do, then, hey, you're locked in the desert. And so unbelief over the page. And here it is here, Numbers 13. You see, here it is, Numbers 13. 
verse 25. Since the Amalekites and Canaanites are living in the valleys, turn back tomorrow and set out toward the desert along the route to the Red Sea. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I wonder, you know, sometimes I think the Lord looks dead. How, how long will that stupid man there at Whangarau Harbour grumble against me, for goodness sake, you know? But I'm not a grumbler, fortunately. I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. Death and life are in the power of what? In the tongue. In this desert, your bodies will fall, every one of you 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. Not one of you will enter the land. I swore with uplifted hand to make your home except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. Why were they exempt? They said, we can do it. We must go up straight away. God has said it's us. And when they got to Jericho, what did, the, what did Rahab said? The fear, ever since you crossed the sea, we've been fearing that you'd turn up here. Our hearts have melted. We are, we are finished. And we know we're finished. And these two were right, but they were the only two. And they kept saying, as for your children that you said would take as plunder, I will bring them to enjoy the land you have rejected. Um, so, uh, where are we? 1325. Oh, yeah, well, that's 1325. Yes, the end of 40 days, they refused from exploring the land. They said they can't do it. And they, they, they grumbled all night. Okay, Numbers 14, verse 2. Where's that? I better look at that one. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in the desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? So what are they saying? They're saying we can't do it. Mm. I don't believe. They saw everything negative, didn't they? They saw everything negative. You're back in 13, which I didn't read to you, back chapter 13. Caleb, verse 30, Caleb silenced the people before Moses said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. That's not true. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those who are living in it. All the people we saw there of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak from the river. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own There's a problem. We looked like grasshoppers in our eyes, and I'm sure that's how we looked to them. What do you do with the grasshoppers? That's it. And we looked the same to that night. All the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. And all the Israelites grumbled against them. Man. They're in big trouble. And then the end, God says, hey, I'll do for you exactly what you say. End of story. Jesus said he will have whatever he says. This can either work for you or against you. Yes? What did, what did they say to Job? The thing which you greatly feared has come upon you. You speak fear, you speak unbelief, it attracts, it attracts the negative. Hallelujah. That's what happens. We get snared by the words of our mouth. 
Jesus said, Matthew 12, 37, for by your words you shall be justified and by your words you will be condemned. We cannot stop unbelief entering our mind, but we can stop it having an effect. Mm. Proverbs 30 and verse 32, or if you have devised evil, put your hand on your mouth. Now there's a good bit of advice right there. <coughs> See, you can think something and you know, <laughs> and you, you can think of all sorts of not so beautiful things to speak for in a, in a given situation. You are getting angry and you're getting emotional and you're ready to speak. And, and, and the Bible says, listen, when you get like that, <laughs> don't say it. Because the minute you say it, you release its power. And you can't get it back. And, 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 and this, is, this is so important in life. And we need this Holy Spirit to help us in moments where we get upset and we get emotional and we're tempted to think, you know, so I can, I, I, I can think of all sorts of brilliant things to say <laughs> that really need to be said. And right there I've got a choice. And here the Bible says, put your hand over your mouth here. <coughs> it's one thing to think and in your heart it's another thing. To speak it out. So it becomes important, yeah? We must learn to say the same things as God says. We must agree with his word. If he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then I can. That's how it can be done. Hallelujah. I remember when I was first asked to speak and do things like man, it was a fear and trembling. And I thought, I can do this. Lord, you can help me. I can do it, so I'll have a go. Yes, when it came to the gifts of the Spirit, I thought, oh, man, I felt the prophecy stuff. I thought, oh, ah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Give me the strength, Lord, to, develop, to, to, to deliver your message. Hallelujah. And we've just got to go and do it. We've just got to go and do it. And, and, and just trust the Lord. Yeah? Okay. And that's my confession. Why? I'm learning, learning it. I'm learning it. If he says all things are working together, what am I going to say? This is a disaster. I'm finished. It's all over, Rover. No. And you know, in Joseph's life, wasn't it? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. <laughs> For the saving of many lives. And things were looking real bad. But all the time God was working. God had a plan. God was positioning his man. <coughs> Hallelujah. For the saving of many lives. Yes? So there it is. The creative word of faith is next week. The creative word of faith. We're going to take this a little bit further. Anyone want to ask any questions about it? Comment about it. Add to it. Stories. Yes? Could you expound on, I didn't really understand the don't let your mouth cause your flesh to sin. Well, the same thing. Once we start to speak negatively, we begin, we're causing damage. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and it causes us to get into trouble. So when we say that, we say, no, it's, it's more than we can't. Doing something, it's agreeing with something that's bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
There's something, there's something here about what we say that seems to be very important. What we say is what we believe at that moment. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, yeah so we're believing believe something it, angry or we're believing yeah, something yeah. real bad and then we're agreeing with it. And then we're following down that path. And, and we're into the area of sin right there mm. because we're causing damage to somebody else usually yeah. when we're talking like that. We're, we're, we're locking people in. <clears throat> you know, um, we speak over our kids at the moment of anger. You are so stupid. Mm. Now, you see, we've got we to gotta stop talking that. Yeah. Okay, what... He did may be stupid, but he's not stupid. Mm. Can, you, can you see the difference there? Because that's, you know, you have to watch this in the classroom, you know. But whatever, you, you couldn't, you couldn't, you're a loser, mate. You're, you're useless. It's so easy to think that way because of something dumb. But it's not, you can, it's not that. He's not a loser. He's not useless. What he did... Was, was he didn't think about it. It's the choice of words in the right context. There's a teacher, you see, right there. The choice of words in the right context. It's a beautiful thing, that. Thank you. Yes, it is. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the choice of words in the right context. I think it's good as well to remember that the, it's it's about taming the time as well. As I, you said something down here in the Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I just remembered something in James in uh, 3 8, 3 9. No man can tame the tongue, it's an unruly evil. With it, we bless our God and Father, and then, the, and then we do the exact opposite, and it's out of the same opening in our bodies. And with it, we curse men. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. This ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Yeah. It doesn't. Well, you know, doesn't somebody say somewhere if anyone who can control his tongue is really in control? Because it's an unruly member, I think it says in the old authorized version. But praise God, you know, when we as we grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, we can use, you know, and, and again next week we're going to talk about how to create with our tongue. When we get these two things together, we're on the way. We're on the way. I think the, the only thing I'd say with it. <clears throat> is that it can be used as a religious judgmental attitude yeah. towards other people. So I think that when you hear people speaking things that you <clears throat> mightn't think are a faith or a godly confession, you need to be aware of how you respond mm to those people because the whole faith confession confession brings possession all that can yeah. be a legalistic religious yes. attitude be. that can put condemnation on people that are you know still learning so yeah. I think you know you have to walk with grace and sensitivity yeah. Good day. with people in that yeah Lots of examples is good when you when, when you start talking about things to people who are you know new and don't understand. If you just give them the words rather than explanations, yeah, you know. And the whole, the, any of any of these things can be over exaggerated. You know, there's the whole name it and claim it and well, sort of thing where you can have whatever you like and just say it's, 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 You know, faith is getting God what He wants. It is not me getting what I want. Mm. 
Faith is discovering what God wants and, and rising in faith to get that for him. It's not me just going, I want Say this. Faith, faith is, is getting what, God, what, God, what God, wants. God wants, not getting me what I want. So we come into the will of God. And that's where I think your words of wisdom there, David, they're, they're, we carry these things with a gentleness. Now, anyone teach, you teach, you teach the, the thing whack out there. But that's why I'm going to take six weeks to, to go through this. That's good. So don't be arrogant in your claiming. Don't be arrogant. You know, be, be a, that's good. Be aware. Because other people are not at that level of faith that you think you are. I think possibly that's you need to give thought in what circumstances you can make your faith confessions. Is yeah. that a fair enough statement? Yeah, I, I think so. The truth is still true. But my confessions are more in the presence of God and before the throne of God of what I am declaring. I'm not necessarily going to tell you what I'm believing for. or Probably, probably you've touched something there for fear of others thinking arrogance. But when we come before the throne of God, we need to declare the truth as we see it, to get God what he wants. When you click on that God wants you to be healed and God wants you to be a, be a winner, then you can come in with those things. Yes, sorry. I was going to say that, that he can also bring a presumption. Yes, you can. Because you've gone outside the will of God. You've presumed on something. Like these people in Numbers, when they said, they, Moses said, we're not going in, we're going by the long way. They said, we, let's go now. Let's go down. We can do it. We can do it now. Because <laughs> no, no, no. you could have done it before. You can't now. They presumed that they could do it. And they got cleaned out. Yes. Yeah, so, so there's there's the thing of presumption. And, so, and, then that, and, and then the time factor comes into that too. Because sometimes you can pray and ask the Lord for direction for something, yeah. and it doesn't happen. Um, and it really wasn't what. God was really wanting it. It's our presumption that this is what we want. Yep. And that's when I say faith is not getting what we want. Yeah. Faith is getting God what he wants. Yes. And that, that's a, a mature stance of difference right there, which can be confused um, easily. So that's seven sons of Sceba, Sheba or whatever Sceba, it was, yep. and that ended up being streakers because they, <laughs> they didn't know God. Like they presumed and yep. using the name of Paul. Yeah, so the same circumstance. Yeah. And again, when you're walking, see what might be, um, <clears throat> delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, Ian, 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 I've checked. Right, right, right. You said Faith is getting what God wants, right? Yes. And I said to him, I don't really understand that. And, I, I, and what if, you know, I'm not praying what, what you want, yeah, it's yeah. all about what I want. And he said to me, he says, Kerry, I give you the desires of your heart. So right. you're what I got, and I understood that he lays on my heart his desires. Correct. And so when I had that faith, I'm getting what God wants. Correct. put it on my heart. That's just why. <laughs> must be the Holy Spirit working. 
But that's true. If we delight ourselves in the Lord, we give the Lord permission to mould our desires. Because when I started about 18, I made a list of my greatest desires. And over the next 10, 15 years, I kept striking them out. Not because I'd got them, because they weren't really what I needed. Or what God changed the desires of my heart. And in the presence of the Lord, he, he, give, he, he does that. And also, if we delight ourselves, he does. He gives us, the, when we have these desires, great desires, then he gives them to us. Like Sophia got me. <laughs> I rest my case. It's a long way home, mate. <laughs> You see me on the road. <laughs> now I'm going to declare something over you. And it's going to be good. Get ready. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm ready. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, we're ready. Okay. When I was praying for you again, I, on Wednesday mornings, I pray for you. Every one of you. By name, I carry you in my heart. Anyone who comes into this class, I carry them. That's my area of responsibility in this church at this point. And so I take that seriously. Hallelujah. I want the best for you, yes? So, this is what the Holy Spirit gave for me, for you people in here tonight. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not be in want. Because you know the Lord Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is your provider. Hallelujah. There are times where he will make you to lie down in green pastures and just feed your soul. At other times he will lead you beside still waters and restore that which is broken down and needs healing and restoring. The things that you've lost over your life, he will take you beside still waters and begin to build you again and to restore you. He will lead you in the paths of his righteousness. He will lead you. He will go before you and prepare a way for his name's sake. Because he wants you to get it right. He wants you to walk in the paths of his righteousness. Even though sometimes you will walk through valleys. They might seem long and sometimes they seem dark. Even the valley of death. Yet there he is with you. And as the shepherd, his staff, and his rod, they will be your comfort and your strength. He will protect you and bring you through to the other side. You will fear no evil. The Lord's with you. The Lord Almighty, he himself walks with you. He prepares a table. He gets it ready. He goes before you. Even when the enemies are trying to confuse and unsettle all those others around you, 
He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies and he anoints your head with his holy presence and your cup won't just be half full but will be full to overflowing so that there is more than you can ever consume on yourself. There will be more overflowing to others around you and the blessings that he blesses you with will be easily shared. Surely, surely goodness and mercy will follow you. Hallelujah. They are following you. Goodness and his mercy are hard on your track. They are following you. And the blessing of the Lord will not only follow you, but overtake you. Hallelujah. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever. I thought, you know, it's a wonderful thing that some of us have been in the house of the Lord for years and we're still there. And God loves that. And there's another generation that he's raising up that in 50 years' time they'll still be there serving the Lord. And being in his presence. And then one day we'll dwell in his presence forever. Father, thank you that you are our shepherd. We put our hand in your hand, Lord, and ask you to lead the way. Lord, I thank you for your divine protection over every person in this place and their loved ones. I pray that you'll provide for them, go before them, open the doors before them that no man can shut. And close the doors, Lord, that you don't want them to go down. Guide us. Lead us, I pray. And let the word of the Lord become rich in our hearts. Grant us hearts that believe and mouths that confess your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.